heard how he had bested sorry when the Pharisees heard how he had bested the Sadducees, they gathered their forces for an assault. One of their religion scholars spoke for them, posing a question they hoped would show him up. Teacher, which command in God's law is the most important? Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence. This is the most important, the first on any list. But there is a second to set alongside it. Love others as well as you love yourself. These two commands are pigs. Everything in God's law and the prophets hangs from them. Thanks, Doris. How many of you love hypocrites? How many of you love hypocrisy? I don't think there's anything much worse than people who say one thing and then do another, right? You know how frustrating it is when someone says they're going to help you and then they don't show up, right? Or, or how, how much trust is eroded when people are nice to your face, but the moment you turn around, it's slander. Or, and this is maybe the main challenge for this morning, when someone claims to be a follower of Jesus, but then their life doesn't really reflect his character or his teaching. Hypocrisy is something we all hate, even when we see it in ourselves, right? It's probably one of the greatest criticisms that's leveled against Christians, against Christianity. Bunch of hypocrites. They don't don't do what they say. They they don't live what they teach. While that can be very unfair, as there are many, many, many followers of Jesus who live with integrity, we know and we've, we've known people who... Their lives don't add up. They say they follow Jesus, but there's a miss. There's a gap. Today, we're talking about living out the teaching of Jesus in our own lives and teaching others to live out the way of Jesus. And the challenge we face both in our lives and I think as we, as we teach others, but in the lives of our friends and our neighbors, is that we have a bad reputation for teaching one thing but then living in a different way. We're in the fourth week of our current series called Being God's Church on Purpose. And we're just kind of taking these first weeks of the new year to ask, what does it mean for us to be a purposeful, focused, engaged people of God around the things that matter to God himself, the things he's told us to do and told us to to focus on? What does it mean for us to, to be God's church not haphazardly and sort of expecting to drift toward the good things, but with intentionality, with passion, with direction. What does it mean for us to be God's church on purpose? And, and so to do that, we've been walking through, kind of phrase by phrase, um, this famous, these famous last words of Jesus in, in, the, in the book of Matthew. It's the, second, it's the first book of the New Testament. Did I say second? It's the first book of the New Testament right at the very end of the book. Jesus gives these last words to his disciples, and they're called often the Great Commission, because Jesus commissions his disciples. Here are the words. Hear it again. We've been kind of going through it phrase by phrase. You can get caught up online if you'd like to. They're all posted on the website. 
on a church website. Uh, here it is, Matthew 28, 18, 20. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus says. And based on that authority, Jesus says to us, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. And that forms the central command of Jesus' great commission. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We looked at that last week. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Last week we looked at baptism. We had a a riveting discussion and and a lot of you have responded about about that, uh, appreciating, I think, the opportunity to kind of look at baptism and look at it. And what, what we did is we talked about how in baptism we're included in the life of the triune God, that we've been adopted in to this family. And baptism is the way that we're included in God's triune life. And Jesus calls us in this whole disciple-making venture to be radical includers who welcome people into our lives and then when they're ready, we welcome them in to the family of God, particularly we looked at through baptism. This week, we're looking at that next phrase, which is, and teaching them to obey these disciples that we're making, teaching them to obey everything I command you. I want you to notice, I, I, I briefly mentioned it last week, the order of events, baptism and then teaching. Now, here's how it works. Having been included through baptism, included in God's kingdom, we now learn how to act as kingdom citizens. You see the movement there? Having been adopted into God's family, we talked about that last week. This is this grubby kid who shows up at the family table, and guess what? He belongs. He just doesn't quite look like he belongs yet. Having been adopted into the family of God, we now learn to live as a child of God, as a, a full member of his household. Having been saved by grace, we now learn to walk in the power of the Spirit. Baptism is about being dead, buried, and rising again with Christ. It's the old Tom dead, right? And then this teaching is about living according to this new creation life. We look at our baptism and we say, I, I'm dead and when I'm tempted to live in this way that, that is inconsistent now with this new creation life, I can look back at my baptism as every Christian should be able to do. We talked about that last week. We can look at our baptism and say, I, I can't do that anymore. I'm not going to live that way anymore. I'm not going to be that because I'm not that anymore. That guy's dead. Old Tom dead. Long live the new Tom, right? <laughs> Insert your name in there. And the command that Jesus gives us here in his great commission is that we're now, as disciple makers, to teach others, to teach these new disciples to obey his commands, to follow his teaching in their lives. But in order to really get to this this central command to teach, we first need to sort of begin at the end, I think, which is with this phrase, everything I have commanded you. We start with the fact that Jesus has given us a way to live. As disciples of Jesus, we submit to his good authority and we live according to his teaching. This is assumed. Jesus has given us a clear way to live, which mostly has to do with loving God and loving others, worked out in practical, real-life situations, in your family, in your work, in your daily relationships. Loving God and loving others in really practical situations. How to respond when we're mistreated. Jesus teaches us about that. What to do when we're angry. What to do when we're tempted to sin. 
What to do when we have a grudge against someone. What to do when we just want to look better than we really are. You know, Jesus gave us practical teaching on how to pray, how to speak to God, how to give financially. He, he gave us great advice and, and, and insight and teaching on how to speak to one another, how to love one another, how to forgive. Practical, real-life teaching that Jesus said, you can build your life on it. And at the end of the, of the, the, the great Sermon on the Mount... Matthew 5 through 7, and the end of that is what uh, Doris, the first portion that Doris read. Jesus said, anyone who builds their life on my words, Jesus says, they're like people who build houses on solid rock. You know, difficult circumstances will come. People will, Jesus promised you, people will mistreat you. Life will get ugly. But your house, your life, built on the solid teaching of Jesus will stand strong through the storms. That's the promise. And when Jesus was challenged, he summarized the whole teaching of Scripture, and certainly all of his teaching, with these dual commands of love God with your, with your heart, your soul, and your mind. And to love your neighbor as yourself. And everything that Jesus teach, teaches flows from that one foundation of loving God and loving others. Jesus has taught us how to live, and we, we, we are anchored there. When we think of this next movement of teaching others, this is where it begins. As we read his words, as we hear his teaching, as we watch the life of Jesus, especially in the Gospels, but fleshed out in the whole life of the church through the the letters that follow and through all of Scripture, we're given clear guidance how to live as disciples of Jesus. We don't do it in our own strength. We do it in the power of the Spirit he's given us. We don't do it perfectly, of course not, but with an awareness of, of God's grace and our own failings. We don't always live consistently. I understand that. I don't. But we consistently get up, ask forgiveness of those we've wronged and of God, and we consistently follow the teachings and the person of Jesus on the paths he's leading us on. So this is rock bottom. This this is kind of basic to everything that's said today. We follow Jesus obediently. So it means to be a disciple. So when we talk about teaching others to obey everything, that Jesus commanded, uh, making disciples, you know, including them, baptism, the whole life, instructing them in, in this new life. We're not elevating some theory, some idea that we think has worked somewhere or just sounds nice to us. What we're inviting people into is a way of living that we ourselves are figuring out, that we ourselves are following. It's not hypocritical saying one thing and doing another, but rather saying, look, I'm trying to follow Jesus and and I'm trying to figure it out and I still mess up, but you know what? I believe Jesus holds the keys of life and death and I'm going to follow him for the end of my days. You want to come with? And let's do it together. Okay, so that's what's assumed in this command. That's at the bottom. Um, Now we get to the challenging part. The full command is, Jesus said to his disciples, teach them, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So if you are a disciple of Jesus... Now, I respect that some of us are here today. We're trying to figure this thing out. Been coming for a while. We're not sure if we're disciples yet. We would be sort of the early follower stage, which I really love. You need to know, this is great for you to know kind of what it's all about before you've signed off, before you've gone into the water of baptism, before you've said, I'm going to follow Jesus. This is kind of what it's all about. But for anyone who said, I'm a follower of Jesus, this applies to you. Every disciple is a teacher. Every disciple is called to teach. If you say, I'm a disciple of Jesus, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm committed to him, you are a teacher. Now, I can hear your objections already. How many of you want to say, objection? (laughs) 
I'll turn around. You can raise your hands. I won't look. Go ahead. Raise your hands. I, I won't look. I promise. I'm just going to take a great care. Mm-hmm. How many of you raise your hands? Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. Some of you are going to say, I'm not a teacher. Are you joking? A teacher, that, that's a job for people with gifts in teaching. That's a job for you. That's what we pay you for. You know? um, that, that's a job for people who like to talk lots, like you. Uh, that, that's a job for the few, right? I know. Some of you are thinking that. But actually, the command here is pretty inclusive. The command is for all of us to make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them. And so if you're a disciple of Jesus, you are called to teach. Now, how do you do that? How do you teach others to obey everything Jesus has commanded us? Well, why don't we dig into that? I think there's five ways we do, at least maybe there's more. I think there's five ways that we teach. And I hope by the time we're done, each one of us can say, I'm a teacher. I teach others. Or at least I can. Well, first, we teach by example. As we apply, others learn. I think this flows directly out of what we're already talking about. But, see, as we are taking God's word seriously, as we are taking the teaching of Jesus seriously, and we're applying it to our lives, others are going to notice that. Others are going to see that. And we teach by our example. That as we are taking Jesus seriously, others are learning from us. You know, Jesus told us to pray for those. Here's an example. Jesus told us to pray for those we have difficulty with, right? Enemies. Or people just that are nasty, difficult. People I don't want to be around. He told us to pray for them. So here's an example. To our kids, we teach them to obey the command of Jesus the command of Jesus to pray for our enemies. We teach them this at home that instead of speaking bad about other people, instead of venting, instead of speaking your, just your nastiest mind, you know, speaking vengeance, ah, oh, you would never really do it, but at home you just kind of cut loose. Instead of doing that, you set an example. You teach your children how to obey Jesus by example that instead of doing that, you pray for them. And you speak grace and empathy and humility about those people. You teach by example. Now, maybe you can think of other examples of ways you do that, but I'm going to try to draw an example for each of these to help us see it, that we teach by example. And I think just to, just to highlight this a little more, you know, there is an integrity gap. There, there's a hypocrisy. It's an issue. And I'm telling you, this is the one we have to lean into to make sure that we ourselves are applying God's word to our lives, to our marriage, to the way we speak, to the way we think, to the way we conduct our business. That we're actually taking God's word seriously and letting it alter our lives. Change the way we think and live and give. We teach by example. Well, next, we teach by invitation. As we invite others join. You know, an example I thought of is this. Jesus told us to love our neighbors as ourselves. He told us to serve those in need. Here's an example. We can teach our youth, maybe your own kids, maybe someone else's kids in this church, we can teach our youth to obey this command of Jesus very tangibly by inviting a couple of teens to go with you when you serve or help or maybe just visit someone who's in need of a friend. That instead of just doing that on your own, you can invite Maybe another couple young people with you. Maybe just some new believer. Maybe just someone along for the, to come with you 
to learn by invitation. That as they see, it gets kind of a, it's kind of related to learning by example. But the sense I have in this one is that we're often serving out there. That there's, you know, ways that we're loving others. But you know what? We can invite someone into that. And as they join, they are being taught by you to follow and obey Jesus. It's, it's, it's crazy stuff. We teach by invitation. Next, we teach by pointing. That as we direct, others notice. The example I thought of was this. Jesus told us to forgive without limits. No reservation, right? Remember the story Peter says, how many times should I forgive? Seven times, as though it's awesome. He's going to be willing to do it seven times. Jesus says what? No, how about to multiply that by 70? And it's not a math equation, but it's a fact that there's no limits on forgiveness. None whatsoever. Because you don't, you don't, want, you don't want limits on forgiveness, do you? Do you want God to place a limit on how many times he's forgiven you? Anyone? No, I don't think so. Yeah, no one wants a limit on forgiveness, right? And Jesus says, how you've been forgiven is how you are to forgive. So, so he's taught us that. Well, maybe a new believer, someone who's just exploring faith, comes to you and says, you know, you've, you've shared enough of your story now for me to know that you've been really wronged by your friend or by a business partner or by a, an uncle. You were mistreated. But I see you forgiving them. I see you extending forgiveness to them. How in the world are you able to do that? We are able to teach others to obey the commands of Jesus to forgive by pointing them to Jesus who has forgiven us and has enabled us to forgive others. We teach by pointing people to Jesus. It's not about me being some great guy able to forgive others. It's about pointing people to Jesus and saying, you know what? This is what Jesus has done for me. And as a result of what he's done for me, this is how he's taught me to live. And I'm just, I'm struggle, I struggle, but I'm, I'm doing this thing. We teach others by pointing them to Jesus. We also teach by explanation. As we explain, others understand. Here's an example. Jesus told us not to worry about tomorrow. How many of us struggle with that? You don't need to raise your hands. Tomorrow is a big deal. Next week, even bigger. And this vague, foggy, overwhelming future called 2015 keeps some of us awake at night. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. And he rooted that command in the trust that we can have in God's love and provision for us. Right? And then he said, in the same passage in in, in Matthew, these are all, by the way, examples just from Matthew alone, um, in, in a little further in the past, he says, look, he commands us to seek first the kingdom of God, confident that as we do that, God will take care of our every need. It's what he's taught us. So, when a Christian friend asks you, why are you willing to live so generously? Like, I see the way that you live. I see the way that you give away time. I see the way that you give away money. I see the way, the, the commitments and the priorities you've made in your life. You seem to act as though tomorrow doesn't matter. You don't seem to worry about a thing. Now, the truth is, we might still struggle with worry, but we act in obedience to the command to not worry by investing our trust in God and doing what he's called us to do. And so someone asks us, and we say, well, let me explain to you my journey from worry into kingdom. From, from, from taking my eyes off my stuff or all the things that get me upset and placing my eyes firmly on the kingdom of God and his priorities. Let me explain to you, not that I'm perfect, 
Not that I've got it all figured out, but let me explain to you the decisions I'm making in an attempt to follow and obey Jesus. And we teach others in that moment of explanation. Now, you'll notice that all the four things I've said so far really are rooted in the first one of applying it, right? I actually don't think there's any other way to teach. You can't teach unless you're living it out. Not the gospel, not the commands of Jesus. You can't do it. Or you shouldn't anyway. They're all rooted in a lifestyle of following Jesus. It's not about looking down on others, but saying, Jesus, I need to be transformed by you. I need to apply your word in my life in order to model it and explain it and point people to Jesus and invite them to come along. It has to be rooted in a life following Jesus. Well, the fifth is is no less different, but it it perhaps gets closer to what we think of as our model of teaching. But I I want it to come home for us, for all of us. In this fifth one, we teach by telling. And I think it's as we instruct that others grow, and, 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 of course, we can think of ways of uh, you know, receiving teaching like this. We can think of formal classes. And that's, that's absolutely true. And, and positive good, we believe in it. But I'm thinking about you. In your daily life of following Jesus, how do you teach others by telling? And I think it's a little different than explanation. It's not just responding to a need, but that there's opportunities we have to tell others about who Jesus is, to explain, yes, but to tell others why we do what we're doing. I thought of the example, Jesus told us to pray with trust and simplicity, not to yak, 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 and think that somehow if I can just put more words in or get the right formula, then Jesus will hear me. Jesus says, no, 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 don't, don't pray like that. Remember who you're praying to. This is God who loves you, and, and, and you can entrust your life to him. And so he gave his disciples, not a formula, but a way to pray, a model for prayer, the Lord's Prayer, which we're fairly familiar with. Even uh, if we're kind of new to church, it's fairly well known. And, and so maybe a new Christian or someone who's fresh into following Jesus says to you, you know, I'm pretty shy about this whole prayer thing. Like, I really don't know what to do. Uh, and especially, if, if some, what if someone asks me to pray out loud? Like in a public setting. You know, in the fall, I asked someone to pray for healing for me. I was struggling with something. And um, after they had finished praying for me, they admitted it was the first time they'd ever prayed out loud in their life. New Christian. Powerful experience to pray out loud for someone like that. And I didn't realize until afterwards the, uh, <laughs> the challenge that that might have been. But for many of us, this, there's a hesitancy to pray out loud. We don't feel dumb or we're not sure. We have an opportunity to teach people by telling them, for example, in this case, about the model that Jesus gave, about the prayer of Jesus, and just say, you know what? Let's pray this prayer together for a while and see what happens. There's forms of telling others about Jesus or telling people about the commands of Jesus that can be very formal, right, to very informal. But I think it's another way that we teach. We teach by telling. So here's the question. Can you teach by example? Can you invite someone to come along with you as you obey? the teaching of Jesus. You simply live out your life and ministry. Can you point others to Jesus as a reason for why you're doing what you're doing, why you're living what you're living, why you're making the decisions you're making? Are you able to explain why you're committed to applying the words of Jesus in your life in a particular way? Are you able to tell others what you're doing? If you're able to do any one of those things, you are a teacher. If you're a disciple of Jesus, you're commanded to teach. Every one of us can do this. Every one of us can in some way teach others to obey Jesus, rooted, of course, in our own lives of following him. It's something we have to do. Jesus is including people. He's 
uh, you know, so excited to find and include new people. You know, on Thursday, we launched our core youth uh, discipleship. And uh, you can see some of their self-portraits on the back wall. I dare you to figure out who they are. There's some youth leaders mixed in there, too. Um, we launched an initiative called CORE on Thursdays for our, for our core youth. And, 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 and the whole point of CORE is to help our, our core youth follow Jesus, um, grow as leaders, and reach their friends for Jesus. So that's the, that's the goal. So we started by looking at Luke 15, uh, the, the opening couple of uh, stories, Luke 15, which is all about lo- uh, it's a lost sheep, lost coin, right? Summation. Lost people are precious to God. They matter to him. And he has launched an all-out search to find them. And you and I are part of that search team. And these core group of kids are very much part of that search team. Jesus is on a search to include people. He's called us into that search. He's passionate about it. And we have been seeing people be added to our numbers. Being added to the numbers of this church, being added to the kingdom of God. We've seen that happening, and we're committed to seeing it grow. But in order to do that, we've got to be God's church on purpose. We've got to be committed under the authority of Jesus to making disciples, baptizing them, and teaching them to obey everything that we have been commanded and by God's grace are committed to living out. Now, for this week, as you think ahead, how do I, you know, what am I going to do with this? Because you should be asking that question. Like, how do I apply this? Like, what do I, how am I going to teach? I want you to look for ways this week that you could teach someone about this following of Jesus. Ways that you're struggling to follow. Ways that you're applying God's word to your life. I challenge you to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal situations to you. Maybe it's with your children at home. Maybe it's with a, 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 a person who's exploring faith at a coffee shop. Maybe it's a friend at work. But to ask the Holy Spirit to show you an opportunity to teach someone about Jesus and about following him with humility and with grace, being sensitive to where they're at spiritually, but inviting them, maybe explaining, maybe pointing, or maybe just sharing honestly a way that you are trying to figure out how to apply this teaching of Jesus in your life. Jesus is committed to including people, and he's committed to them being taught what it means to be part of his family. But it ain't going to happen if you and I aren't also committed to that. That's what Jesus has asked us to do and who he's asked us to be. People are coming to know the grace of Jesus. It's incredible. And this life-changing truth of his word is making a huge impact on people's marriages, on their families, on their relationships, on their lives. That's exciting. And I, for one, want to see us be the kind of church that says, we're going to do whatever it takes to make disciples, to include them in the life of God, and to teach them in humility as we ourselves are learning what Jesus has commanded us. Let's pray. Jesus, we are thankful that you are leading us and guiding us, that you have given us your words, and that you are the word of God, and that you reside in us, and that you're walking with us by your spirit. And Jesus, this morning we are challenged to be people who live out your life and your teaching and your commands in our lives, and to be active in teaching others as you have told us to do. I pray that each one of us, especially those of us who are followers of Jesus, we would take this word to heart 
and leave here today knowing that we've been commissioned to teach. Maybe not sure what that means, but committed to figuring that out. And for all of us who are here today who are still exploring Jesus and still trying to figure out faith, I ask, Lord Jesus, that uh, there would be here today uh, some encouragement to step forward in their journey with you. In your name we pray. Amen.